0: What is not here? Forgive me if I don't stay around to watch. I just can't cope with the freaky stuff.
1: Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. A podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to horror movies and horror news and the horror lifestyle. No, we are not the weird gender-focused podcast out of Australia that is also called the New Flesh and has a flashy <laughs> logo. Crikey. Crikey. The algorithm may sometimes favor them over us, which is disappointing. Um, Their guests astound me week after week with who they have on that show. We are not that show. We are the new flesh. Horror movies, horror news, scary movie, horror film, SEO-friendly podcast. We are here to talk about horror movies and things that are tangentially related to them. So this week we have, let's see, a new horror movie. It's called It's a Wonderful Knife. It is a shutter movie through and through. Uh but it is in theaters now. Uh pretty w- wider than you'd think it is. Yeah, it's I think it's playing in my hometown, which is not they have an AMC,
0: but they don't always get every they don't get every little Empire 25 release that that we get here.
1: And out of all the shutter movies to put in theaters, this may be one of the shoddiest ones. It looks terrible. It is very cheap. Uh I, I, mean, spoiler alert! Already, you can tell Jesse. I, don't, I don't like this movie, and Jesse, I think, likes it less, which is <laughs> impressive. Because yeah. I already didn't like it, and I yeah. feel like Jesse often likes things that I don't. So it's nice to be uh, <laughs> uh, on the same level, or we're even at, a we're little in sync above on this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I can't wait to talk about it, but I don't know if there's all that much to say. We'll find out. Maybe there is, but if there isn't. We also saw The Marvels, a movie that I'm not so sure other people saw based on the box office receipts this week. Uh, If you've been living under a rock or you don't, pay attention to things such as box office. Uh, The Marvels had the worst opening ever for a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I think that ended up being true, did it it not? Yes,
0: I I believe so, yes
1: uh the previous worst was an early one the incredible hulk the louis Leterrier Leteri- hulk i think yeah. was number 1 slot uh and there was something else that was a he- that was also low that i don't remember but the marvels is now the low for uh marvel opening weekends and it's kind of a bummer that this is the movie that's like the nadir is that the, am I saying that correctly? I'm very sensitive. I never sensitive know, now. actually.
0: I, I know. I, and I always, I don't know, actually. I feel like it's one of those words I read so much and I never say because Let's, I'm afraid of it.
1: That's almost all words yeah. for me. <laughs> that's, yeah. And it's ruining that's, my life on the podcast. That just
0: means that you read and that you don't, aren't blabbing all the time. I think it's is... like Ralph Nader. I do yeah. think it's like Nader. Yeah. That's how yeah, you remember it. Think, right.
1: think yeah. of Ralph. Think, yeah. So, <laughs> um, it does feel, it's a bummer that this movie is going to be like the one that sparks change i feel like and marvel can't just sit by and let things that were going to happen just continue happening right like this has to be a moment where they go well this doesn't work anymore so what are we doing so it don't feels know.
0: like a- i i wonder about that because like if you compare it to something like it's other else that's had like a hot streak like pixar mm-hmm. like they're, you know, it's a, uh, the first one of those that really, really didn't connect after many years was the Good Dinosaur. Although, yeah, but think about better. the volume
1: problem between the two. Like, yes, the, the, the vast, like I feel like it is a vastly different problem just because of the goodwill that was once there is gone because of the volume that Marvel has done, not only at the theaters, but now they've turned it into fucking television. And that was the ultimate problem. I think that is now they're reeking, they're reaping, you know, whatever it's happening. Them making things (laughs) into TV is having an, uh, 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 an impression on their theatrical stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Um, I think, yeah, so I don't know, you know, I I it would be it's very it's very Hollywood studio thinking certainly yeah, if you have 32 hits in a row and the 33rd doesn't hit uh they they're going to go oh no, we didn't yeah. have a hit. <laughs> you know, everything, even though yeah, hair on even though the, the hit right there is still pretty good, I think. <laughs> you know, like, Yeah, like uh, the well the
1: Guardians 3 numbers are still counted towards this year and there's like right, plenty right. of good reason to or be even like, fine you know, with
0: it. With really, what's what's you know, yeah, it is. It feels like a shame that Ant Man didn't didn't flop this bad, but they were able to sell Ant Man, I think, as a little more like, a, uh, you know, this this changes everything, even though it changes. Yeah,
1: nothing. the Ant Man, it t- the Ant Man did change the vibe in the room with yes. Marvel.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's that was not the change they were hoping to sell, but I think that's true. I'm not to not to blame the movie I don't like for the movie I like more doing poorly, but I do think. Yeah, it is soured. Thing. Like I think, if you if that movie had been better or had had not come out this year or whatever, if the I release
1: think... dates were switched, the numbers would be switched. Too. Yeah,
0: ex- I th- yeah, I think you're. I think you're. I think that's true. I think if if anything, maybe if the release dates were switched, the Ant Man numbers would still be a little better than the Marvel numbers because I don't think this movie would annoy as many people as it. Although I don't know, maybe some people would be annoyed. I, I can't. You know, part of my watching these things and watching reactions to these things is sort of a pervasive uh, despairing what what does anyone want from these I have no idea like I only know what I want from them and the, certainly not always getting it of, of late but I don't I do wonder like what do people want out of these things and it's like whether that's hardcore fans or casual moviegoers or whoever and I don't always know as much as I sometimes agree with individual complaints they aren't always that coherent together it's the you know it's that itchy and scratchy uh, Simpsons meme so you mm-hmm. want a, a realistic down-to-earth show that's swarming with magic robots uh, like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what people want out of the Marvel things, so, uh, and then, like that's not not even necessarily a criticism. You could uh, there's certainly room to have both of those things in one in one kind of set of movies. But I do it is a weird thing where I start wondering. Ah, I don't even know what people actually want out of these things. I guess they don't want uh, whatever the Marvels is, which I thought was perfectly fine. So it's a weird you know it's a weird little. Uh,
1: I also thing. thought it was perfectly fine, but I have a big caveat with it which is that i think it's edited to the point of utter nonsense that the movie becomes borderline nonsensical and i think yeah and like i'm fine with it i don't care it's funny that they don't even try to introduce the two other characters that are being added to the movie because it's like we have the marvel tv show groundwork laid like you don't need to introduce characters as someone who does yeah go ahead
0: Oh, sorry, I, so the, I, the really funny thing for me about this was that um, actually our pal, I don't mean to, uh, I feel like I'm talking about something he emailed me, so I, but it's nothing scandalous. Our, our, our pal uh, Alex Dowd, from the, my former editor from the AV Club, um, saw that I had been sort of making fun of people saying, oh, it's going to be so hard to follow, I don't know who these characters are, and I'm like, it takes like five minutes, Like, oh, you're, it's not going to be hard to follow at all. Um, and he's like, I saw this movie and it was really hard to follow because I hadn't seen the shows. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, that's really funny because nothing that's confusing about the movie is explained by any of the shows I, uh, I could tell, (laughs) I could tell.
1: Like, that's why I mean, I didn't mind that they didn't introduce these characters because I got the gist. Yeah. And it was like, you know, comic booky in a way to pick up a comic book and not having read the previous thing arc yeah, and yeah. there's some new characters and you have to have to just kind of go with the flow but like my whole energy with this movie is just kind of go with the flow and that's the whole movie's energy because they don't slow down for a second to just dis- the uh the, you know uh nail down the plot details about the loophole or the, the wormholes whatever the fuck's going on with the the bl- i don't remember i already yeah. forgot but yes. like there's so much nonsense going on and they just kind of yell it at you and don't explain it and just keep moving and the action scenes just you know are fun enough and it keeps moving and there's like a fun bollywood style musical set piece and i'm just having a good time yeah uh <laughs> so we'll talk about it we'll talk about it later in the main event space uh let's just i guess go right into the box office stuff since we were already there um the Marvels did badly, obviously, but you know what doesn't do badly? Horror movies. Saw X officially passed 100 million as it's available at home and has been for two weeks now. Uh, Saw X is officially a $100 million grossing movie if you count it worldwide. Uh, domestic is like still in the 50 something, I believe. And Five Nights at Freddy- Freddy's Jesse, 250 deme- uh, <laughs> worldwide already. Good God. 250. <laughs> It's crazy that Five Nights at Freddy's is going to outgross the Marvels. Like nobody saw that coming. Um, So that's I don't know if there's any other box office update other than that. But there is fun industry non-horror news, but it is kind of horrific to hear what's going on over at Warner Brothers. So we'll talk about it. Um, David Zaslav, noted genius uh, (laughs) CEO, Maverick. Businessman who got Chris Nolan to leave and make a billion dollar movie over at Universal, and now, you know, threw Batgirl in the trash. Through what was the other one? Uh, there was a sequel, and I yeah, like there Scooby Doo sequel. Yeah, Scooby Two, Scoob Two in the trash for a tax write off. No one can see it, it'll never see the light of day. Uh, that was thought to be over. That was supposed to be a period of change, and that they were never going to do it again, I believe. But lo and behold a 70 million dollar movie that i didn't know existed but maybe you did did you know about it before this whole thing
0: i did i didn't it was one of those movies where i didn't know i'd heard about it for so long but i didn't ever know how far they were into actual production i was one of those things where i was like i don't know uh did they actually make this or did they just, cause it was dated a bunch of times, but yes, I had heard of it and I did have the sense that it had been, at least started filming. I wasn't aware that it had been finished for a while now, but yes. Yeah.
1: So the movie we're talking about is a Looney Tunes movie that is a live action CGI hybrid called coyote versus Acme that is described as being in the vein of Roger rabbit, you know, uh, with real life people interacting with the tunes. They've done it before space jam, uh, Looney Tunes back in action, the Joe Dante film that Scott Aukerman famously did a pass on the script for, um, or punched up, I believe. Uh, but Coyote vs. Acme got Warner brothers It got fucking thrown in the trash for a $30 million tax write-off. And the real indignity about this one is that I think he was just on a call complaining about how they don't have any movies for kids and like how that's like a future area they need to look into. Yeah. So why the fuck are you throwing your kids' movie (laughs) that would do well theatrically in the fucking trash? And apparently it tested really well. Like people, the reason, okay, so the latest news is that Warner already reversed course on this and will allow the movie to be sold elsewhere. So it would be the funniest thing on earth if this movie got sold to someone who actually put it out theatrically and they capitalized on the movie that Warner Brothers doesn't want you to see or even just capitalized on the fact that. We're told that this movie's been testing very well, and everyone who's seen it loves it um so it would yeah. be really funny if another studio bought it and put it out and it was a theatrical hit it would you'd hope like Zaslov would lose his job in that situation, yeah. <laughs> but then you' go and realize like this isn't unprecedented stuff like Warner Brothers, I think, is the one that had Slumdog Millionaire and yes. gave it up. Yes, they sold it off to Fox. Uh, they sold it, it to Fox. And, and then and it became Dana Boyle's biggest hit and won Best Picture. It, <laughs> not only did it win Best Picture, it made a fuck ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> it was a huge hit. So it's like a blunder no matter how you think about it. Yeah. So this reeks of that. I mean, not this. Coyote vs. Acme is not going to win Best Picture. Or is it? Well, yeah, groundswell <laughs> campaign to Leslie style. We're doing it. <laughs>
0: consider coyote um so yeah. it's
1: like a wily coyote movie with john cena is how it's yes. described and
0: and, will, and our man will forte so that's all the more reason to be excited
1: yes john early was tweeting very funnily about how he's in it and how it's a disservice that the world will never see it and then he had to <laughs> follow it up with to be clear it is a very small part because <laughs> he was talking about like the world needs to see me as a newscaster in the world uh, in this movie um it yeah, sounds like a fun movie, and the 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 composer or whoever tweeted like a bit of the score where they're doing like a theatric or uh, orchestral com- composition of meep meep meep, and it just seems so fun, and everyone had a great time making it. The one of the writers or somebody like got the fucking wildy coyote tattoo on his arm. Yeah, it just yeah. seems like this whole crazy experience that would have been a, a potentially a, a movie that we all would have liked anyway, but <laughs> right. now it has this built in backstory that I feel like people are going to want to champion it really bad
0: oh sure people are going to be rooting for it now um the only thing that gives you gave me any pause about the movies that like someone tweeted about whether it was the writer or someone was like Talking about like the spirit of wily coyote means never giving I'm giving up. And I was like, all right, we need to fucking we need to cut this off before you start embarrassing yourselves. Yes. I love the Roadrunner and Coyote cartoons. I would not say they're a testament to never giving up. It's actually a, a testament to how like you sometimes should let it go. You know? Like, <laughs> yes. It's kind of opposite of that. But I do love those cartoons and I'm, and I was excited I was interested in this movie. They, they definitely gonna, if, we're ranking, yeah. if we're ranking
1: Looney Tunes like top recurring tier. recurring recurring things it is definitely my favorite
0: oh it's one of the very best it's their masterpieces
1: yeah. those those cartoons
0: uh it's real. it's really goofy is that this isn't even the first time Warner's has done this with a Looney Tunes thing. Looney Tunes, their flagship family friendly ish entertainment. Well,
1: they've made clear they don't give a fuck about like that being part of their legacy because the way they've treated their that property with Max. It's, yeah, it's like they, they really made bad. a feature film. Like they made a bunch
0: yeah. of new Looney Tunes for Max, which most well, I haven't seen all of them, but the ones I've seen are quite good. Didn't they?
1: Is, did that get tax write off the way? I feel like yeah, some well, of those the, things did or something. The feature, yeah. uh,
0: I think this the, the they, I think they were. Sold off to Netflix or something because they did a feature. the the same same team did a Looney Tunes feature. It's like a Daffy Duck and Porky Pig full length, you know, cartoon. Probably intended for streaming, but like it is a feature film. I mean, the animation on those other ones was pretty good, so I imagine it's it's fine. Maybe it would look a little janky on the big screen, but it's supposed. It looked they they were good. The the animation and everything. And I believe that was sold off to Netflix. I think they maybe also sold off some of the shorts. That so Netflix could play those and kind of you know, to go along with the the feature, so it probably won't get a theatrical release. And it maybe maybe that wasn't. Although I thought maybe it, there's still a question that maybe it would. I don't know. Maybe it's not Netflix. But there the point is they had a theatrical full length Looney Tunes uh, animation movie, and they were just like, oh, what do we do with this? <laughs> not release it. That's for sure. <laughs> Which is so weird. Like it it can't have cost that much. They put it in theaters. Kids would probably go. or Parents would go. Or both would go. If you if they didn't if they didn't go, it probably wouldn't lose a ton of money. And you would have that bump that you get when you have stream you're able to stream something that was a theatrical release originally. It just seems like an absolute lose like a win sorry a win win situation. Like you have a fairly cheap Looney Tunes movie that doesn't even require you know live action actors or anything like that kind of spending or anything like that. And they just don't care. I think there's also a Batman animated series that they did recently that they were gonna do for Max, and they decided they didn't want. And I think they sold it to Amazon or something. <laughs> it's like Batman and Looney Tunes. This isn't fucking obscure art house proper. You know, <laughs> like yeah. this isn't like they it's accidentally... flagship stuff. Yeah, it,
1: it, it's really strange. And I know, and we've talked about it before. It's like this streamer era endless pit of we need to have growth. Or whatever, like the perception of growth. It's just, yeah, it's all money and tax bullshit that doesn't, that's anti-art and doesn't matter. Yeah, and the and those people are now running the sh- the companies, like they've merged to the point where Warner Brothers is like, you know, a subsidiary of Discovery or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, and it's it's totally anti-art, and these people don't give a fuck, and it's clear, and it's nice that there was pushback on this one, um, but you'd think, you know, these boneheaded decisions would lead. To change or something because what's what's crazy is do you think any filmmakers gonna make a movie at warner brothers now like i
0: mean they they keep they do so far but i do wonder you know if that's still just pipeline
1: that's uh, in the puck article that is the one that broke the news that warner's like reversing course they uh said that uh all the all the talent uh meetings this week were like canceled by everyone who like (laughs) they were just like not interested in any any prospective project meetings appear to have been canceled on behalf of the people you know who would have been bringing the projects there. I mean, so it seems like they immediately felt it.
0: They're fucking people over. Even this is like a sillier thing, but like you know, uh, welcome back Henry Cavill to the role of Superman. Just kidding, you're fired. (laughs) Like it seems like they're trying to piss off systematically every actor director writer whoever and then these bigger projects where they're just trying to can't they're just trying to throw them in the garbage outright that does it all in one fell swoop then you've got everyone who worked on it mad at you and not wanting to work with you again i mean again i'm not an industry person i don't know maybe some people are just like who cares if i'm getting a deal at warner brothers i'll, I'll risk it maybe being maybe having my movie being binned for a tax write-off but, yeah, you kind of got to figure, like, by by the time 2025, 2026 rolls around, they're not going to have a lot of, like, really marquee filmmakers doing stuff for them. Because why would you? Like, why would you risk having your movie thrown in the trash? Which literally no other movie studio, like, big studio, has has done, you know? Like, it just yeah. seems ridiculous.
1: It's not a thing that should happen, and it really doesn't. Except yeah. now it's become a thing at Warner Brothers exclusively. Um, So, anyway, Puck has some, some gossipy shit in here that says, like, you know, well, this is just a you know uh, another sign of the weird times. One of those caught in the middle of two strategies. Movies that was greenlit by Toby Emmerich back in tw- December 2020, when the mandate from Warner Media leadership was to make as much product as possible for streaming, cost be damned. When current CEO David Zaslav took over, seventy million dollar direct to max movies went bye bye. So Warner pivoted to, pivoted to theaters, but some internally questioned whether the film played theatrically enough. Con- contrary to director david green's claim on twitter that the film was embraced by test audience who's rewarded us with fantastic scores it actually didn't test that well i'm told so is fucking is this guy just a studio shell matt baloney or is he do you think you would you buy that it really it's a
0: good i well. mean i i it was certainly hard to believe that a studio would be in a movie that tested really well because doesn't that just indicate that you might make money off of it um so and like especially because it's like they got like a thirty million write off. It's like so that means you you don't think this movie could make more than maybe I'm again maybe I don't understand the accounting, but like does that mean that they don't think this movie could clear thirty million domestic? Because even if it sucks, it probably could. <laughs> the Looney
1: Tunes back in action did. Yeah, it just <laughs> like I know maybe some I don't know smarter finance person could tell me why it makes sense to the company to do, but it just seems like bad business all around for like yeah. a thousand different reasons. <laughs>
0: yeah, it just it's it seems yeah, it's it's very bizarre. It's also like not the idea of it won't play theatrically seems so outdated. I understand the idea of like we're not going to throw 70 million dollars at streaming movies anymore. Uh so we'll put but like then don't don't you just then put them in theaters and then let the chips fall where they may? Like I know yeah. it does cost money to release a movie. But like doesn't play theatrically. Five Nights at Freddy's is like direct-to-video <laughs> quality horseshit that looks bad and and is boring and like. But people showed up for it, and it's gonna make like you know 150 million in this country alone. So it's just the idea that like oh no that's not this 70 million dollar movie just isn't enough to snuff. I think that's what they're saying about Batgirl too. This could never play in theaters. Bitch, have you seen what plays in theaters? Like, all <laughs> kinds of shit. Like, yes. you know, no one's going to be like, oh, I see Warner Brothers Dude, isn't up to a- their usual quality standards. It's <laughs> a wonderful
1: knife is in theaters right
0: Exactly. Now. Like, not saying that you should just pitch out any old garbage onto the movie screens, but, like... I, certainly there's always something worse that's played in movie theaters so it's just the a, john cena starring idea.
1: movie with a looney tunes character i think would be okay
0: yeah i think it probably like unless you're talking about you didn't scale it did you only shoot it in half k or something like what do you mean it does not gonna even, play in theaters
1: even this article notes like space jam 2 grossed only 163 million dollars worldwide like yeah. would you not rather have Somewhere in that range of money than that thirty million dollar tax write off.
0: Yeah, it seems better to me, but that's well, I'm just an I don't know person. So I'm what just do I a guy know? who watches <laughs> yeah. movies. I don't know.
1: Um, another source who's seen the movie says definitely good enough to take a swing in theaters. But again, that's a concept that does not mean anything. <laughs> like good yeah. enough for theaters. <laughs> Shut up. Um, Warner is understandably gun shy these days given its financial situation. Don't be gun. Put movies out. Shut up. <laughs> like I don't like them talking about movie studios like they're like. It just sucks that they all got caught up in the tech company, yeah, shit of spend, like having,
0: spend, 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 spend. Oh, your stock price isn't rocketing up indefinitely. That, that yeah. means you're failing, etc. Yeah,
1: it's crazy, crazy. Also, don't let private equity buy anything; it'll also yes. ruin yes. that. Anyway, um, crazy. So it looks like this movie will ha- exist and we will see it, which is a win. But like, where were? It seems like people were not mad enough apparently about Batgirl and Scoob because they did not relent on those. Well, no, I
0: I get, I think I get the sense. I don't know for sure, but it sounds like Coyote versus Acme is like essentially done done yes yes and Batgirl was not uh I mean I say that as someone who would really like to see the Batgirl movie because like it has Michael Keaton it's got and Fraser, like I love Batgirl but like I at least understand the idea like don't throw good money after bad like it'll cost another 50 million to finish it or whatever this movie from what I can I, I assume that if it wasn't done someone would be saying well it's not done so it's kind of a moot point but it doesn't yeah. sounds like it is because they're if they're talking about selling it that it's probably ready to go or clo- very close to it so it you know i get that the batgirl thing was like something where they were gonna have to spend some amount of money to finish it although it probably would be a pittance compared to almost anything else uh there's a movie coming out they're doing i was just looking at like what's warner brothers got coming out in 2024 that's more worthy and they have like a i mean they have looks look i'll definitely see this but like a movie where Robert De Niro plays two different gangsters directed by Barry Levinson. It just seems like something that came out, it should have come out yeah. in 1996, which, hey, I'm all for. I just like, it's just funny to me that, like, oh, but that that must be, that's going to be a huge hit. This this two gangster movie with De Niro and Deborah Messing. That's going to be a massive blockbuster. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me.
1: Yeah, so definitely a sea change in terms of, the Hollywood Reporter article basically says, yeah, all the reps were instructed to cancel meetings, and that's what really reversed course. So, hopefully, this shit doesn't happen again, and uh, hopefully, we'll see Coyote versus Acme. Apparently, they're setting up screenings for all the studios that want that want it, and there's apparently a lot of them. But apparently, it could go to Amazon Prime, which would suck because yeah. I I need it to go theatrical, so we can just so we could all proves so as love's a fucking idiot
0: <laughs> prime you know amazon sometimes sends stuff theatrically uh same way that netflix like probably a little more robustly i would say than netflix like you know they did
1: air and they they got that in a bunch of theaters air would have been such a like why wow, that movie's a hit and then you see how much it costs to make and you're like well <laughs> they made their money back i guess yeah um really a costly movie but apparently all that money went to like you know Ben Affleck's crew or whatever like it's it was all like a good deal yeah so uh (laughs) it's the old happy Madison special yeah exactly (laughs) all right so rest of the news before we get into the double feature of the marvels and it's a wonderful knife Let's stay on the Christmas theme. The Terrifier 3 trailer, Jesse, it's the teaser that was uh, in theaters alongside, you know, Terrifier 2, which came out, as we all know, say it with me, November November 1st. (laughs) That's right. Um, You could have seen this in theaters. Now it's on YouTube. Have you watched it yet? I have not. I It just I dropped kind of
0: hoping, Yeah, I was kind of hoping it might appear in front of something, but I'm not going to see anything that fucking sleazy, I don't think, in the next few yeah, weeks. Yeah, what movie would it be safe
1: <laughs> to appear in front of? I really can't think of any uh, at the moment. The, the, Terrifier in, the, 2 and 1.
0: F- Fathom Events, Faces of Death. Uh- <laughs> oh, sure.
1: That's a good one. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it I still haven't watched it either because I don't watch these things, but I think it's safe to watch. I feel like it's just like a, a specially shot trailer, so yeah, yeah. I, I should check it out. I did see the still of Art the Clown with the Santa shit on. And it, like, you know, the quality of the film looks, it looks like it was shot on film. It looks (laughs) very grainy. Um, Let's talk about other trailers. Did you watch the Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailer? I did because it was in front of, I actually saved it.
0: I mean, I don't, you know, I think I'm on record as not caring much for Ghostbusters Afterlife. But when I know I'm going to a big movie and there's a big trailer out, I'll just skip the trailer until I go see the some extra ex- excitement in the movie theater. So I went to go see the Marvels in IMAX with my kid and, and my wife also, and, or some friends of ours. And, uh, they showed the ghostbusters su- you trailer. You support women. Because I support women. Yeah. In I'm every like, way. Yeah, exactly. In every single possible way you can do, which is going to see the Marvels. That's the one, <laughs> the one way we're aware of. Um, yes. So I saw the ghostbusters, uh, frozen empire trailer. I'm like, I'm torn because like, I, I of course do not care for the, ghostbusters treated as serious like lore that yes. i think can old like dan i can i can buy the dan Aykroyd feels that way about ghostbusters but i don't want like to he- blubbery 45 year old men to be talking about it, unless they are related to dan Aykroyd. uh and the Aykroyds are exempt from that uh from that uh d- disdain on my part um there are some cool like uh there's some like cool stuff in it that's like oh it kind of looks like a fun ghost kind of you know ghosty kids horror movie but then the surprise twist is that i was kind of accepting like oh yeah well my kids gonna be really excited about this because she really liked ghostbusters afterlife because it's about like kids getting to be ghostbusters she loves Way podcasts by- <laughs> Yeah, she <laughs> she does she really like the main girl you know she just like oh, a movie where the little girl is the hero is always gonna be yeah it's, it's kind, of- kind of grace she's great yeah. Yeah, she and she. I did think she was very good in the movie. And then this one, I give. I always look to her after the trailers that we see to give her like the. I uh, to get the the yes or no. Like, what do you do? You oh see yeah, that?
1: classic, classic. I used to yeah. do that all the time with my uh, parents. And
0: she gave this a flat no. <laughs> I oh was my like, God. What the fuck? <laughs> you <would>, you <laughs> like the? Uh, the I, I'm, now I'm gonna make her see it. I don't care. Like, I was already. I was already planning on it. I hope she um, said
1: no, and you very loudly in a theater full of people went, "What? What?".
0: I I did, like, a double take. I was like, really? Uh, I think the last shot of it. You were like, play it again, projectionist. Yeah, 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 we'll just need to get you in your direction. Run it back. Sometimes when stuff is a little scary or a little intense, the first time she's like, ooh, I don't know. And then, like, the second or third time, she's like, okay, yeah, that looks cool. You know
1: what it was? She saw the the Bill Murray and Ernie Hudson appearances, and she's like, this is a little arch. It's a little... (laughs) Honestly, that would turn her off because she's
0: like, because the stuff that was making the 45-year-old dolts in my audience uh cheer and whoop like crazy people for the afterlife with stuff that absolutely had no effect on her because she doesn't she had seen the She's like movies, this is
1: nostalgia bait dad i don't yeah. like this at all <laughs> she's
0: like who are these old guys where's podcast but the guy i like <laughs> my guy's podcast my guy's not bill murray i don't know who that is um but the this the trailer ends with like a pretty scary like slender man type of apparition and i think that made her go hell no also, she was with a, her one of her best friends who doesn't like to watch anything scary, and they were both mm. like, that looks really scary. I think they kind of were feeding each other's fear of it. There's a cool <laughs> Ackroyd-y, uh, Ackroyd-y description where he's like, something is so... You must have been stoked to see Ackroyd. I was ha- I was happy to see Ackroyd, and how he described uh, the last thing you see is your tear ducts freezing up on your face as you die. <laughs> it's like, all right. Cool. Um, does it remember look like this? Was a, no. Remember when yeah. this was a fun comedy? Yeah, yeah what the yeah. fuck is going on here? I, so, you know, whatever. I mean, I see all the big movies, so I'm going to see this movie. And yeah, I'm going to think I'm going to force my eight year old to go see it because she made me watch fucking Ghostbusters Afterlife a second time, which I didn't <laughs> didn't want to do at all. So, uh, you know. Well, it, you it's know. nice to see Slender Man getting work still. <laughs> It You know, from a horror perspective, I think if it wasn't Ghostbusters, I'd be like, oh, that looks like a cool Amblin esque horror movie kids' horror adventure movie. As a Ghostbusters thing, though, you are just kind of going, or I'm just kind of going, like, yeah, I liked it when it was, like, four guys making with
1: the wisecracks and such, you know, where... did Gil yeah. Kennan direct the last one? Or the Reitman did the last one.
0: Reitman did the last one. I think Gil Kennan um, co-wrote it with him, and I think they've swapped. this Got it. So you know maybe. what? This might be an improvement. I, I mean, mean, maybe. I li- I like Jason Reitman's other movies, but I don't think he necessarily has the talents, the, the touch for that type of movie. I Do just I mean? love Monster House so much. Monster Gil- House is great. Yeah.
1: Gil Kennan gets like a lifetime of passes, considering he directed the fucking poltergeist reboot and shit like that
0: yeah 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 even the you know that movie sucks but i did think it was like kind of well directed in part in parts i do i think he's a talented i think he's
1: talented behind the camera i like monster house a lot too so i'm I'm, you know whatever maybe did you see what eric roberts tweeted um in response to jason reitman tweeting this trailer no it is the weirdest beef i've ever seen that i didn't know existed so eric roberts famous actor older man tweeted Quote tweeted Jason Reitman sharing the trailer for his produced, you know, he produced this movie, uh, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. And Eric Roberts said something like, movie looks great. It's too bad you're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> and that caused other people to tweet about how mean Jason Reitman is. So apparently he's a real prick and i love that eric <laughs> roberts is calling him out publicly for no reason the famously well,
0: cuddly <laughs> eric roberts yeah this dude worked with bob fossey and he's saying he's scared of jason right <laughs> <laughs> what happened we all need
1: the story like there's no back. there's there was not a second tweet there yeah. was no follow-up from anybody I will, be, I will be i will not
0: be commenting further on this <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic i mean that's that's too bad because it sucks that he's mean to people i, I you know he's like small humanist diablo cody penned movies are are delightful to me but uh the ghostbusters was not penned by diablo cody but hey that would be cool if they she did maybe they should they should get her to write the next one
1: the best part is he doesn't tweet very much his last tweet <laughs> before that was like two weeks earlier and it's still his most recent tweet, and it was a week ago. Wow! It says, "Too bad you're so mean. You sure make good movies." Wow! <laughs> Nobody like followed up. I I expected like TMZ to like yeah, really get on drill the phone. down on this. I wanna I wanna know more. Do you leave it up to the new flesh? Do we have to get him on?
0: Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get. We should. We're gonna grill him about this.
1: We're gonna get the Eric Roberts interview. <laughs> Oh, my God. Now I have to, like, actually try to do that because what is happening? (laughs) He clearly wants to talk about it. Yeah. He he tweeted about it. All right. Maybe he thinks he's DMing somebody and he (laughs) just is like an old man puttering with his phone. He didn't know what he's doing. (laughs) All right. Uh, The next bit in peace. Jesse, apparently Netflix is heading back to Fear Street. Oh, boy. Um, I don't think they're going to do another trilogy, but... Apparently, um, Stube, who is this? Scott Stuber, the head of Netflix Original Films, told Collider, obviously there's a lot of books. There's one. Now, did he just mean all books in the world? <laughs> or is he talking about fear, fear Streets? There's a lot of books. We could adapt. Yeah, there's, just, yeah, there's books Maybe everywhere. we'll get to Fear Street.
0: You ever been in um, a bookstore? There's tons of them.
1: <laughs> there's one standalone that we're working on right now that we're once again trying to get the script right. But I like it very much. And so does the team. So I feel like if we can get that script right, there would be a great kind of extension to that franchise. All right, let's 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 pump the brakes collider. <laughs> I don't think that means the movie is happening at all. Uh, it sounds like there's a script, and uh, that's all we know. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled on Netflix for Fear Street, f- seventeen thirty-five or whatever. Weren't they all just weren't they all just years? Yes, I they were,
0: they Yeah, were. they were years. Are those
1: things have all just, like, 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 grains of sand through my hands.
0: <laughs> I mean, I front. I have a lingering memory of how much I hated them as they went on, so I guess that's... Weren't we kind of
1: nice to the first one, and then we I just... think
0: we were. I think we were little kid gloves on the first one, and then it only got worse from there.
1: <laughs> so it goes. So it goes. Um, Marvel's Blade. Last week, I thought... I, I pondered that... I thought Mahershali Ali wasn't in it, but apparently he's back. He, he never left, but he's back in and Mia Goth is in, Jan DeMange is directing, it'll be rated R. Uh, The news here is that it was supposed to be Valentine's Day, remember? We made a whole joke about it, I'm sure. Uh, We talked about the Valentine's Day release date. They pushed it, Jesse. It's November 7th, 2025 now. What am I going to do for Valentine's Day now? God damn it. (laughs) We'll have to, back to the drawing board. Yeah. You can use my old plan, which my wife and I did, and it didn't go great. Was it we went to Planet Hollywood ironically? Uh-huh. It did it you, was very sad. <laughs> it, it, you
0: did you did you get an, an
1: ironic divorce after? <laughs> um it, it felt close to that <laughs> happening. There was a there was like a family near us just like earnestly ordering a pizza from Planet Hollywood and I was like you're in New York City in Times Square Eating a fucking pizza that Planet Hollywood <laughs> made you. I just felt, s- it was just, the, the the atmosphere was bad. It was not, it was bad vibes. Yeah. Um, but they did have a lament configuration in the gift shop. So <laughs>
0: well, that's something.
1: So that's something. Um, but yeah, Valentine's Day plans are ruined. I forgot to mention the SAG strike has ended since we last podcasted. So I think they are doing a lot of release date shifting. Uh, I think Deadpool's coming out summer of 2024 is that yes, right yes july it moved from may to july so there's a bunch of release date shifts that i'm not prepared to talk about but that's fine I mean, who needs them um what else do i have here terminator the anime series on netflix anyone care about that uh, I don't. Uh, i mean i i will
0: say the best non-cameron terminator thing was the fox tv series so maybe this will f- follow suit in that in that sense <laughs> I've heard that, and I never watched it. But I it's not—I it wouldn't say it's necessarily worth watching. But if, like, is it on the whole better than any of the Terminator movies past two?
1: Yes, I would say it is. Uh, here's a release date shift: Venom three, November as well. It's moved from Venom, July. Venom. Venom. Venom three. I, guess, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that was not an inspired impression I, d- I don't enjoy those those films I did not enjoy the second one everyone yeah. was everyone's wrong to have yeah. like a ironic enjoyment of those movies what do you think yeah
0: I agree uh, I mean I, I have a soft spot for them because my wife likes them um, because she likes Tom Hardy and I do too I have a soft spot for she's Hardy
1: right Trump. but everyone else is wrong
0: yes yeah that's how Would I do agree she's, it's okay for her to like them but other people should be ashamed <laughs>
1: Yes, I'm glad if we I'm agreed. married to you, you can like whatever you want. I, 100%. Other people need to have a little more discernment. <laughs> yes, this is perfect. I'm glad we got that out there. I'm sure she will be thrilled as well. <laughs> um, Amber Midthunder of Prey will star in an upcoming A24 movie called Opus. It's a horror movie. Iowa is in it. John Malkovich is in it. Murray Bartlett's in it. Juliette Lewis is in it. Um, The film is set to center on an iconic pop star's return following his decades-long disappearance. Uh, Opus marks the feature debut of writer-director Mark Anthony Green. Who are these debut filmmakers just making banger cast A24 movies? What's going on lately? No idea. No idea. Like, Borgley did that, too, after making like a Norwegian movie. Yeah. He did a Nick Cage, Dylan Jellula... He got fucking Sarah. He got everybody. <laughs> yeah, incredible. FX's alien TV series will not premiere until 2025. Uh, that's based on the strike ending and all that stuff. That's what we have now. Uh, that movie produced by James Wan called Night Swim has officially been rated PG-13. This is one of the first, or maybe there's been one already. Those uh, Atomic Monster and Blumhouse are like collab now. Uh, together, uh-huh. and this is one of their joints. Cool. I haven't watched the trailer, but it's played before stuff that I have seen. Uh, people seem excited. There's a lot of excited chatter <laughs> after the Night Swim trailer ends. How does it look? I thought it looks cool, yeah. I, I mean, I'm into it, sure. Uh, I mean, January... January First week of January horror movie? It looks yeah. like above par for that. It does. It
0: looks it looks cooler than your average first weekend of January movie. And I just love the first weekend in January in general. So I feel like I'm you have excited.
1: to that has to you know stop somewhere. Like, did you like the forest?
0: <laughs> no, but I just like that it there always is one. Like I will yeah. always go see the first weekend in January movie. Whereas I might skip the you know uh, third weekend in February shitty horror movie. Maybe I would skip it but probably not, but maybe. But the first weekend in January, always there, always ready for a shitty horror movie.
1: (laughs) Love that. Chucky has been announced as the newest killer in the video game, Dead by Daylight, which I think is like maybe like a fighting game where you play as all the killers. It has other horror icons. So Tiffany and Chucky will be available via downloadable content, if that's your thing. Uh, What else do we have here? I already talked about the Jeff Wadlow movie, Imaginary. It's coming March 8th, 2024. Get excited. The Wadlow is almost here. (laughs) Uh, Bloody Disgusting must have a vested interest in It's a Wonderful knife doing well because they wrote up a box office article and tried to spin it as if it was good that it opened to $600,000 in just 900 theaters. It had like a $600 pure theater average. It's not good. It did not open well. Uh, it will be on Shutter, and that's you know kind of the the theatrical release. is definitely just a you know marketing tactic to for watch it on Shutter. I do believe that. Um, but let's talk about it's a wonderful knife. Yes. And why we both <laughs> as a as people who champion theaters, why we both probably are telling people that they should not go see this in a theater.
0: Yeah, I almost did actually see it in a the theater too because I was like hey it's at an amc like everything plays better in a theater you know maybe i could try to make some time heartbreak feels good yeah there. heartbreak feels good in a place like this et cetera, etcetera. uh still getting applause
1: after all these years i i have the marvels on friday people what what in, the what could they possibly be doing uh for that second one that's taking so long
0: Okay. <laughs> I, it's gonna fucking blow your mind. It's gonna be <laughs> seven, seventeen minutes long. It's gonna. It's cost her Chinese democracy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come out in like twenty thirty-five. <laughs> um, Oh, man, I can't wait. But, yeah, I, I almost want... I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll go see it in the, th- it's in the theater. That's how suggestible I am. If you just tell me something that's playing in a movie theater, I'm like, well, maybe I should see it then.
1: Like a like a, like a moth to the light you just start Yeah, rocking. like,
0: ooh, I could use my stubs on this. Uh, and I just didn't have time, and they very graciously sent me a screener, which I do really appreciate um and I, I would have gone to see okay, it. okay now stop I... listening now prp yes please thank you for sending me the screener and that's <laughs> the end of the episode <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the access yeah, yeah. thank you <laughs> goodbye and the end um yeah and i, I so I, I watched it i didn't my, uh, my wife my lovely wife was excited to see it as well and i was like you know I, as even though i had heard that it wasn't very good I, I always want to like something, you know, I'm never look, I'm never watching something being like, oh boy, this is going to really, you know, that people who when something that tore into movie and then live tweet about how much they hate it. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I've not, I don't try to do that. I wanted, I would be never be, I'm never more delighted when a movie surprises me. I had a good experience last year with a movie you strongly disliked, uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Uh, yeah, your, I really I mean, thought you were gonna she... like
1: this for that exact reason. Well, see, I'm like, yeah, you I'm... like Christmas horror, it's yeah, well, just give Chris... them it. That's He'll the thing.
0: I th- what Marissa said to me after we watched it, because she also didn't care much for it, um, was that there's like there needs to be like a reckoning <laughs> with, with Christmas horror <laughs> because it's like it's just uh, I'm trying to I'm roughly paraphrasing here her here, but there's like a weird thing where. She's basically like it's it's harder to just make a good Christmas movie, and it's a lot easier. Which I'm very this is entirely her observation uh, that it's easy. And I'm going to read from her letterbox. It's a lot easier to make a quote unquote subversive holiday movie or a cheap, quick by the numbers Christmas movie than a good one. So after a certain inflection point, it's like what are you subverting? Why? What are you making here? And I I completely agree. This is sort of a you know, it's like it's a title first horror movie, as you uh, I think you mentioned in your letterbox. Yeah,
1: I mentioned it, but I want to make clear. It's like the only thing you can say about it because it's so obvious. Like other people had said it too. It's very much they came up with the title and then came up with the premise after. Yeah. And the premise and, is barely there also.
0: And that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I, I would love, a, I, like, I. one of the reasons I really liked Christmas, Bloody Christmas, is that I really felt like it evoked the feeling of Christmas in a kind of realistic way, not just to, like, oh, someone strangles someone else with tinsel or whatever the fuck, <laughs> holly, or holly, yeah. they, they, they choked down some popcorn balls or whatever. Like, they actually fe- felt to me, like, kind of the feeling of hanging out in your hometown around Christmas. And this movie is kind of similar in that sense with your sense. Like, horribly
1: annoying dirtbag friends.
0: Yes, yeah, your know, horribly annoying <laughs> friends that we all have. Uh, it, it, it's a Wonderful Life is weirdly similar. It's not similar in style or tone or anything like that, but it is about your hometown. You know, people they're hanging out in their hometown with their. This is teenagers. The, the protagonist is a teenager in this case, but like there's house parties on Christmas Eve in a way that rung completely false to me. Yeah, and but it, like the kind of general. Idea. But it is kind of like you know the same way with. It's a Wonderful Life is about a guy who didn't leave his hometown and is kind of reckoning with that that uh, that decision and all the decisions that have led him to a certain point in his life and some of the disappointments he's experienced. This is trying to do that with a within a horror movie framework and that's not a bad idea, and it's just it's kind of Merry up-
1: Christmas everyone <laughs> I tried
0: to do a Jimmy Stewart impression <laughs> while we were watching it and fucked up so bad so <laughs> I'm glad I would have appreciated
1: if Long was at least doing something yeah. instead of just being like give me some teeth and I'll go, yeah, i go what crazy is
0: Long doing this movie yeah he plays a businessman who is has nefarious designs on this town um, That the teenage girl who I believe was on Yellow Jacket I don't remember her name but she played the, the girl who uh,
1: the religious girl who tried to play you the could airplane. point to any girl of that age and say she's on Yellow Yellow Jackets, Jackets. Right, Yellow Jackets
0: cast is going to be populating horror movies for the next twenty five years, and I and Riverdale, uh, um, and I love it. oh May yeah, des- of course. May
1: December just clued me into like Riverdale as a pipeline because that guy oh, is amazing. Yeah. He's, so, He's good. so
0: fucking Charles Mountain, who sucks on Riverdale. He's not even one of the <laughs> coolest people on Riverdale. And he is so good. He seriously deserves an Oscar I walked away from movie. a movie
1: starring Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman going, that Riverdale kid was amazing.
0: Melted. Yeah, I, I really love that whole movie. But he's, Me too. He, me too. He's, and he's, they're he's they're, they're all great. Yeah, yeah he, he is really, he, I honestly think he should be nominated for or possibly win an Oscar. Uh, but yeah, so like this movie is the, the this girl from Yellow Jackets. uh has is attacked by her town is attacked by a mad slasher with i will see this is the one cool thing about the movie it's kind of a cool slasher guy costume it's like an all-white slasher mask and and hood uh she uh defends herself and is sort of the final the kind of abrupt final girl kills the killer and but that doesn't make her life and in fact she's still like living with all the you know it's kind of it is sort of interesting also postscript to these final girls where you're supposed to be like oh that's such a triumph they won out in the end and then, of course, like, their best friend and their families are all dead, you know? So it's, like, right. actually pretty horrible. So I, that was also, I thought, an interesting idea. What, what, it is, what is it, like, a year later when, like, yeah, you survive, but no one else that you love is still around? Um, or a lot of people you you love are not still around. I guess her family is <laughs> actually still around. Uh, but um, there's, like, I don't know. So it's, it's a totally workable premise that she wishes that she was wonder whether as in a once a wonderful life wonders what it would be like if she was never born and then she is kind of zapped into an alternate world where she wasn't born people don't know her and the killer is still on the loose it's like a little it's a little sweaty getting there but I was like okay it's a good that's a good idea even though it's very confusing for a while how they're going to it's a wonderful life it um but then how they actually you know the movie itself, is it's not a good christmas movie it's not like a satisfying holiday movie it's got a little bit of that not too much but still has a little bit of that knee-jerk like isn't christmas a pain don't we all hate christmas which is like fine if you're actually evoking something but it's not and as a horror movie it's absolutely horrible like it, it is that's where i
1: was like it's not scary at all, at all. Most. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it, absolutely it just doesn't like it has no tension and I don't know if that's down to how it's shot. It's it's shot in this very peculiar... It's a style I would call... Coca Cola emerging filmmakers or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> that they used to play in front of like in oh the, they, you mean
1: you mean the worst thirty second ad you've ever seen in your life yeah that it, they the, would play this, at AMC
0: exactly they would claim that it was like a contest winner and a student filmmaker was allowed to make an ad but it it always felt like they were directed by the exact same person so you get the feeling that like the contest winner <laughs> was allowed to submit some keywords into some kind of machine that would then spit out this like it's like it's like the original the a- AI generating I was gonna content. say the, the
1: AMC program was an love ai they're, yeah. they're
0: thrilled <laughs> they, yeah they're gonna gonna make like 50 of those a year yeah That this movie is shot like one of those where, where it's like uh it feels like a um, ad pretending to be a movie pretending to be an ad or something <laughs> like it doesn't just like oh this looks like a commercial or this looks like tv it looks worse than those things often look like there's lots of commercials that look very good you know sometimes professional filmmakers shoot those And this one has this weird kind of clunky visual scheme where I just, like, it's one of those things where sometimes it looks like I couldn't tell if it was just cheap looking or genuinely using green screen for some really basic shots. Uh, It sometimes doesn't feel like the actors are in the same room together or in the same space. Like... Or things like they go to a house party, and you're like, I don't know, this what is this house? It looks like someone's rec room, but on the main floor, it just like it doesn't look like a house. It, it looks like a city center, like it looks like a youth center, but like 17 year olds are going there to drink. That's like, I just new- chalked
1: <laughs> all that up to this movie is cheap and shitty and amateurish in every conceivable fashion. Yes.
0: Yes. But I was still surprised because I've seen a lot of Shudder originals where I thought that could have been in the movies. You know, that could have, they could have played that. They could have played Influencer in the movie theaters. Uh,
1: Anything for Jackson?
0: I haven't seen that one, but I, 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 that's a good one. I I liked Christmas Bloody Christmas was also a Shudder original. I was like, I I saw that in the theater and thought it played played great. Uh, We saw
1: Nocebo in the theater.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was, and that looked fine. It was cool. There's tons of stuff they put out that doesn't really come out in theaters that, could play great in a theater looks probably look even better. And this one, I was like, this looks crummy on TV. So I can't imagine if it looks, I mean, sometimes I guess things will just look better on a big screen, but like, I can't imagine how this looked when you went to go see it at the AMC empire or whatever what, what people did. It's just such a like non movie. every single thing about it comes across phony in a way that I like, but at first I was sort of like, well, this isn't very good. And by the end I was like, I kind of loathe this. Like I was kind of actively hating it by the end of it. And part of it is it has a little bit of a, it's kind of I like got a little bit of this is going to sound like such an old man. It's got a little bit of a smugness to it about how it eventually pulls in a completely unconvincing queer relationship. Right. Oh, yeah. Like it's a sweet idea for sure. But they're both telegraphing it somehow managed to telegraph it from a mile away. And you still also don't believe it in the least, or I didn't believe it in the least. And it's just, it's so opportunistic and so kind of transparently designed to kind of trick people into going, oh, but this was really very sweet that it had this, you know, queer love story that they didn't make a big deal out of. You know, like it's not considered weird or or a big twist or anything. But it just like makes no sense at all. And when it comes time to sort of figure out some of the details of some of these things, like why I don't know if this is a spoiler because it's like the very last. There's a thing in the in the last bit of the movie, like the last five minutes of the movie, that's sort of like, well, we need to we need to you know explain why it's it's like kind of um the what what's very bittersweet about Edge of Tomorrow, you know, is like he comes to see her and he's fallen in love with her. Tom Cruise's character has fallen in love with Emily Blunt over many, many days of like this, you know, Groundhog Day cycle, but she doesn't really know him. Yeah.
1: He's got to put in the work extra hard.
0: Yeah. And that's like, there's something really bittersweet and lovely about that. And what this movie presupposes is, uh, maybe the person, other person just remembers her. I don't know. (laughs) Like, and it, it, like, that just makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And the whole movie has that kind of thing where it just feels like, they they were they were very confident that what they had here was enough, and I find that so mind boggling that they were like, yeah, people will find this satisfying, and I think people like I don't think people altogether hated this as much as I did. So maybe,
1: people. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely don't...
0: did. Everyone I've
1: talked to did, but yeah, okay. I mean, so the festival a... rea- <laughs> it's classic festival reaction. The people who saw it first at a festival thought it was fun, and they were all full of shit. Uh, maybe they had a good maybe they had a good time in the room but yeah. I can't imagine this playing well. well yeah, the, the, the jokes don't work. The, the jokes don't work. work. The kills, not only do they not work, they're all CGI in a way yes. that, like, if your movie is this cheap, why are you doing that? Like, CGI stab wounds. Yes. It's, they're CGI- the entire energy is let's do it in post with everything. They,
0: well, very much to the point where that's why that some of them don't make physical sense. Like, there's a part where someone is kind of shockingly stabbed through the throat from behind. Yes. But candy pain thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the person is staring and talking to them is shocked. But, like, that doesn't just happen. Like, for someone to be stabbed through the neck from behind... The person has to be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it just, you can't just appear in their neck and you go, whoa. There's no, there's nothing concealing the person who's doing the stabbing. It's like that shot. It's a really great shot in Raising Cain, the De Palma movie, where the little girl hallucinates a, like, a, a John Lithgow behind her mother when her mother bends over to pick her up. Yeah. and But that's the whole point of that is that it's like a fever dream kind of impossible shot. And this just does these things, like, as part of the movie's physical reality. And again, I know that's very nitpicky to talk about how this one kill didn't make any sense, but the movie's full of that kind of shit, where it just, like... Characters all, don't hear yeah. each other or see each other unless the, unless it advances the plot. You know, it's, it's just so dumb. For, it just
1: felt the most first draft possible to me. Yes, like yes, it did. It it felt so underbaked in every conceivable fucking fashion. I can't believe they put it out theatrically. Like I do think it is that bad, and I know you yeah. agree.
0: Yeah, I'm. I this this coming out theatrically makes me uh, more. Uh, more certain that I can put it on my like worst of the year list, which it would easily make like, it would be, it's a top five worst of the year for me easily. I I have no idea. Not that I'm like some huge fan of Justin Long, but what's Justin Long doing in this? Like,
1: I have no idea. I like that. He like, I love that he likes doing horror and will will do like, he's a scream queen. Generally, genuinely scream King, Justin Long. We love him, but it sucks. It just, I can't tell if it wants to be scary movie or scream in terms of like what it thinks it's doing is funny you know what i mean yes i just don't know what level of parody it's doing it's yeah failing at both to be clear but it's not doing it and yeah i really really hated it yes a lot it's it's really terrible (laughs) and i want to make clear this guy made other movies and i didn't like those either he made tragedy girls which i really don't like actually, i actually
0: i missed that one it sounded like something i might like but i i think i confused it with the other one um final girls they're both <laughs> bad if that yeah helps. i didn't like final girls that much either yeah it's too bad that's like that's he makes movies that sound like something i would like but boy yeah the other and one's this is
1: this bad and this one was written by freaky guy oh the really he wrote freaky oh Wow. So, do you retroactively weird. dislike Freaky now? Yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, it makes me. Fi- I could see how, like, you know, with the wrong, you know, maybe that's a. I guess, is that like a testament to Freaky's direction? I, you know, I thought Freaky had a lot of not really nice touches in it, and so that's you know, I didn't think it was a great movie, but I thought like it, you know, it sort of it committed to what he was doing pretty well. So that's wow, that's really surprising to me and disappointing because Freaky, at least. Like that's that's kind of the good version of this. In that, I think it's like doing with what it's trying to do with some conviction. And even though it's not wildly funny or wildly scary, it's like it's fairly committed to the bit. And this one just like seems so. It's, it seems so indifferently it's, made. It seems well, so. They yeah. they were like we're done with the title and we're done. You know what I mean? Well, it
1: it plays like a Hallmark movie for sure. Yes. Like that's the yeah. quality level at the cheapness level and yeah. the the. Again, the first draft thing comes from him trying to turn it's a wonderful life into a horror thing and just like make sure everyone's aware of the plot of it's a wonderful life. So like you have lines like doesn't Joel McHale yell, "I had one kid. Now I have none." Like just to make yeah. sure you're aware of what's going right. on.
0: Right. Yeah. It's and and the stuff that's supposed to play there's really there was stuff where I'm like, is this supposed to be arch or is this supposed to be am I supposed to take this seriously? And it's so not funny that it's hard to tell sometimes, which is a real problem for your i don't even know what it, would you call this a horror comedy what is this like i don't know i think it
1: wants to be but it just isn't funny so i don't know
0: it's an algorithm movie it's something they they know will now this will now turn up on christmas horror lists the same yes. way that horrible one that we mentioned a week or two ago that i forgot the title of again
1: never what's what's the it's a, it's a line from a christmas song yeah, I don't remember. I already forgot. Better I watch want to say out. never. Is it better, I, yeah, better watch out. I was gonna say like, never yeah. back down. Yeah, never back down. <laughs> never.
0: Yeah, the classic never back down. Santa Claus is That's a movie. Down. It's like yeah. a Channing Tatum movie or something. Yeah, I've he seen plays it. Santa Claus. Cam um, Gigante's in it.
1: Yeah. Cam a Gigante. Cam um, Gigante. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, the most. Porn oh my star God! Sammy you know who directed real Never Back and... Down?
1: Podcast has to end after this. It's Jeff Wadlow. Good night. Oh everyone.
0: yes, Wadlow. Uh, we'll be right back. Maroon
1: um, <laughs> Five is here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the um, the uh, yeah. So, so this is like better watch out in that it will it has a forever pass to get on Christmas horror lists, uh, but made but made for SEO. And that's a bummer. It's gonna. So many people are gonna watch this movie compared to a lot of a lot of other ones. The same way I'm sure people have been watching. Better watch out, nonstop, be, uh, because of you know SEO generated lists for the past five years. It's absolutely terrible. This one's terrible too. Do I hate Christmas horror movies? Maybe I do. I don't know. No,
1: you love the Joe Begos one that I fucking hated. So, <laughs> yeah. so I obviously don't know. I'm
0: not like, that discerning. But
1: <laughs> you just love the theatrical experience so much I, that you yeah. you like that movie.
0: Maybe I would have seen uh, It's a Wonderful Knife and gone. Hell yeah, that was that was a great ride. But I don't think so. I think it would have been bad in the theater too.
1: God, I really didn't like this movie. It's so whatever the opposite of effortless is. Like it's so <laughs> yes. trying, so fucking hard yeah. to be it's, something. It's, it's, and it's, it's trying hard not. at the
0: same time. It's not trying hard in the ways that you need to try hard. Like no, to make your movie like this, you know yeah. visually interesting or smart or funny. When or, I say or,
1: trying hard, it's like they're trying hard to meet the five p.m. deadline that they said. Yeah. Like. <laughs> that they need to write it by and then they did and that's the movie we have
0: yes it It definitely it definitely came out in time for christmas that's the the main thing
1: that's yeah that's like every review should just like say something like that well it's definitely out in time for christmas that's that's all i can say about it yeah um yeah it really stinks you nailed it with the algorithm thing it's like a fake movie that will just forever be a christmas horror classic by virtue of existing yeah um as as far as AI generated lists on internet are concerned, or now AI generated, they used to be curated carefully by uh, an underpaid or not paid nineteen year old. Yes. Um. Now they're AI. Anyway, um. Let's talk a little bit about the Marvels because we both saw it and thought it was fine f- to varying degrees. Um. But I really, really was just lit like stunned to the degree to which it's kind of patchwork uh stitched together clearly cut down from a much longer cut
0: yeah and i i was you know very aware of that because the even as someone who's watched most of the tv shows and I've watched all the movies it's not very coherent i still had trouble following what the villain was how the villain was situated in the captain marvel you know kind of it's sort of, it is basically a sequel to Captain Marvel, but it, it sort of, I don't know, it incorporates, it almost feels like it's it's following up show, rather than, oh, I had to follow a bunch of TV shows to understand this, it's like, I had to follow a bunch of stuff deleted scenes that you guys never released to, to understand this, uh, on top of which this movie must have tons of deleted scenes of its own, and I was, that was annoying, but at the same time, I was also very pleased by the fact that they did get it in at 105 minutes. And I'm not one of those running time weirdos who like insists that it's bad when a movie goes over two hours or whatever. Like, I really don't. That it doesn't... I'm happy to be at the movie theater for a little longer. That said, I appreciated the kind of economy of this movie and yeah. the willingness to just say, okay, you know what? There's a bunch of boring shit in here. Let's just hack it out. They were not able to make it make sense by hacking it out. But I do get the sense that they like looked at this movie and said, okay... Uh Nia Dacosta did a great job directing the three main ladies, Brie Larson, uh, Imane Valley, and uh, uh, Tiana Paris. So just leave in everything with them and cut out everything else that you can. And I think that's a fair strategy in this case. I think that I mean, worked. the, the <laughs> one thing that
1: I noted as, like, a big casualty from the movie being cut, besides the fact that there's a bunch of story I don't care about at all that was cut, is Carol Danvers herself, Captain Marvel kind of just does a lot of blank stares like it doesn't <laughs> she does not come across like a interesting or, or or like even likable character in this she just kind of exists to me on think, screen and i you, like you, i want i want to be clear that like i'm not like i'm trying i just realized it's people online like misogynisty incel dudes hate her or whatever and think yeah, like yeah, yeah. she's bad in this i think it's i'm being i don't i try not to be lumped in with them when i say no, that no no i
0: i, I well have you seen, I if, you, I forget, if you see i think it's a casualty you, of the edit have you seen the first The Captain yeah, Marvel? Yeah, I didn't
1: like it very much. But I thought she no, was it, good in it.
0: I I didn't like it very much either, and I liked her fine in it. But I do think that the character is like is kind of an odd character. I don't know. It's that not.
1: Movie. It's like an unsympathetic character. Like this movie, the one of the stories that it does not want to talk about that it brings up once or twice is that she like genocided an entire planet or whatever. Well she yes,
0: yeah, she sort of you know uh, tried to help and made things work. You know, that's a little bit of the emotional story of it. But it is cut down really far. I think she's kind of an odd character. I, and I and again, it's yes, yeah, not big out of dislike for Brie Larson. In fact,
1: I kind of Academy like Academy Award winning actress okay. Brie Larson.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find her... I think people are weird about her online. Even aside, apart from the misogynist. There's some like... Other weird Other people Other people are weird Like people who I th- Think of be sharing My politics Are weird about yeah. it
1: Yeah Well I'm very basic So I just think She's like a hot lady Yeah and I'm and just she's like talented she, She's <laughs>
0: yeah. she's pretty And I like And I, was, I and I liked In Short Term 12 When she was like yes. good, oh. She was nice to people you know, I like, was
1: big I was a big Short Term 12 guy Yeah really she's great that
0: in room. that She's yeah. very good in room I've nearly never really Seen it, many performances Of hers where
1: I've been like Oh she was bad in that I, I liked Hattie, her Instagram post About being a journalist In, uh, in, <laughs> in Kong, Kong. school. I, I know she's
0: like what people are zeroing in on her is that she's an actor. Like, she's like kind of a little bit of actor brain, which like, I feel like most Her
1: Instagram are. has revealed her to be kind of a weirdo, which I like, like yeah, it makes her cute. more endearing to me. <laughs> yeah, like everything exactly. I see is just like weird posts. I'm like, this chick's weird. Like, yeah. I think she's interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think she's fine. Um, in Captain Marvel is, a, is uh, the way the character is written is kind of aloof and remote in a lot of ways. And I th- actually liked about this movie the way that it sort of is challenging her on, on that front with like giving her like a hardcore fan in terms yes. of the, the Ms. Marvel character and an estranged family member, essentially, which is what Tiana Paris is. Cause she was the little girl in, in Captain Marvel now grown up and so hasn't really been in, in Carol's life. She's, she's been off. She's been doing some. How I many was, years
1: are supposed to have gone by? <laughs> it's so confusing. She like drops <laughs> by
0: earth at the beginning of, uh, end game and then goes onto to space again and then turns up at the, again at the end of Endgame. So she hasn't spent much time on Earth the, since, like, the events of Captain Marvel, which could take place in, like, nineteen eighty five or so, nineteen eighty six, something like that. So she really hasn't spent much time on Earth. They're always extremely vague about, like, what she's been doing. She's been, like, the general idea is that she's been going around the galaxy helping people on other planets. Um, but you never really see much of that, except for in this movie you see, oh, she, like like destroyed you know this artificial intelligence that was a she thought was oppressing people but it actually made the planet worse and we find out that she did uh help another uh, another uh Civilization by like marrying into their royal family for business, you know, for dip- diplomacy only, which I thought was a fun
1: which tag. I know you don't watch Rick and Morty, and I'm sure it's reminiscent of something else, but that is such a Rick and Morty like throwaway gag where it's like, oh, by the way, I'm the prince of this planet. Yeah, like, that's it, that's a yeah.
0: uh, I would say that's a Firefly gag. There's an episode okay. of Firefly where they find out uh, one of the kind, their kind of meanest crew member is like revered as a god on this planet because he helped he like accidentally saved them once. Yeah, I'm uh, sure so it's, there's, that there's, must like, all, that, that
1: must mean it's like a Star Trek. Thing. Thing, I feel uh, like Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a Star Trek
0: yeah. thing. I think Futurama did something like that too. I know they have a lot of. Futurama oh yeah, and Rick and I definitely have a lot seen of that. story yeah. overlaps. Uh, good gag, solid, solidly executed here. Yeah,
1: and I love the planet. It's hilarious that it gets destroyed and they never talk about it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they it's even in the movie is moves so quickly that you're I wasn't even sure when planets were actually destroyed or when they were kind of poised to be destroyed and a lot of people were killed in the meantime, you know, like, so It doesn't yeah. look like the plants blowing up when they're leaving it, but stuff is like falling on, you know, it's just like, they're very vague about everything. So the movie on it, as a piece of screenwriting, and as a piece of editing is pretty slapdash and frantic and just like cut, 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 cut. And yeah. And, and, and as an audience really member weird.
1: who hates the two hour, two and a half hour <laughs> Marvel fair, I'm like, great. They've, well, yeah, they've fixed the, this. <laughs> the core
0: of the movie, yeah. They finally figured it out. Just, ch- I mean, that's true though, because that is a lot of what's kind of tedious about a lot of these movies, and they get to what people actually like about these movies. Although this one's not doing well, so maybe I'm wrong about what people like about it. But is generally the fun, cute actors playing the fun, cute superhero characters who are all kind of endearing and likable, and that's what the core of this movie is. It's uh, Brie Larson and I- Iman Vellani and uh, Tiana Paris hanging out together and doing like it's not body switching it's like physical place swapping but like uh first they don't know how to do it and then they train to do it and they're able to fight kind of coherently doing it and it's not even that big of a plot point really (laughs) but it's just kind of like fun zany stuff and on that level i think i loved
1: i loved how nothing this movie is like the whole premise (laughs) is just like hey uh they're switching powers they don't understand what's happening. So there's one fun action scene where that is used really well, and it's really fun. Um, and then the rest of the movie is just them they kind go on of, an
0: adventure in space and go to a couple yeah, places and
1: stuff. It's really and like yeah, it just goes, man. Um, sorry, go on. I have nothing to no, say. No, <laughs> I, I no, I agree. I, I I enjoyed what what I think a
0: lot of the hardcore Marvel people will not like about it is that it's not intricately tied to the fate of the universe, although they do try to fold the fate of the universe into it. And I think that's the stuff where it gets most tripped up is where it's like, you're also, you're adding in a plot about how like the multiverse is being bridged by this thing or whatever. And it works fine in the moment, but I'm just sort of like, no, why can't it just be a space adventure of like three superheroes trying to save some people? That's, that's fun enough. Um, I really like the Ms. Marvel TV program. So I okay. was, you know, I went into it liking uh, that character already. And I, I thought, but I think you know, I don't know. As you, you haven't seen the show, did like her character scans fine, right? Like there's nothing her confusing about her character is the reason <laughs>
1: the movie works. I yeah. feel like it's the o- she's the only one with the right energy for this movie, and yeah. everyone else is trying to keep up with her, and they really aren't. That's why I think it's my problem with Brie is that just she can't keep up with that that fun exuberance or whatever that Miss Marvel has. But Miss Marvel makes this movie. But it also makes this movie a fucking sitcom. And it's hard to ignore that, especially when a lot of it takes place in her house with her parents. And I'm just very, very aware that I'm watching an extension of a Marvel sitcom TV show. Yeah. It's just very, and like, I just can't believe I've said this a million times, but you know, these are $200 million movies where they spend their money making like the backgrounds you know, whatever the fuck. It just looks, they don't shoot in real locations, whatever, whatever. But these movies, I don't know if this has always been the case, but I've really noticed it now. They're all just like, as far as, like, they're shot for coverage lighting. They look like they look like TV shows now. Yeah. Like, maybe when the TV show started, there was, they, they tried to make parody between them. And, like, that parody is now there, and they are just indistinguishable. This looks like TV to me, and that bummed me out.
0: Yeah, it's it's not as I don't find it as drab looking as some of their other recent ones which I appreciated. And the weird thing is just as like you would think that you're missing a bunch of TV shows and that would solve some of the, some of the plot shortcuts yeah. they do here. If you watch Ms. Marvel the TV show, not to make this an ad for Ms. Marvel the TV show, uh, it's often quite nice looking and like much moodier lighting <laughs> than this, and not—I and don't uh-huh. mean like super underlit. I just mean like they do some nice thing with it's—it's it's fairly colorful. A lot of it's set at nights, but it's not this, overly the highest
1: dark. compliment I can give the movie is I left really wanting to watch Ms. Marvel. Yeah, and that's I crazy. You know, but...
0: I wouldn't get your—you know—it's not like a transcendent piece of television, but it's like six reasonably you know, 45-minute episodes with endearing characters that kind of gives you a more human-scale look at this, you know, it takes place in the world of of the Marvel characters, but it really sticks pretty close to this girl and her family, and that is, like, I don't know, I watched it with my kid, we rewatched it before the Marvels came out, and it's, like, the only Marvel thing I think she's really, like, immediately connected to, because it's, like, a young girl dealing with school stuff as well as her powers and stuff, and, like, frankly, this is, sounds very dumb, a very dumb white guy thing, because I just am fairly ignorant, but, like, the show deals with some India-Pakistan history that I didn't really know much about, and I'm sure I didn't get the full picture from one- watching miss marvel but like no, you're
1: good you got yeah, it yeah
0: yeah no i'm all set i'm a fucking expert now but like hey i'm watching this with my eight-year-old going well this is cool i'm glad she's learning about this even if it's like a superficial way through a tv show that's better than like whatever the fuck they were doing on secret invasion or whatever um so yeah i like her character a lot so that just kind of and also i, I admit like i took my kid to see this with her one of her best friends and and her her mom and my wife and and we just all had a good time because I was like, oh, this is like a good movie for kids. It's not like explicitly aimed at kids, but it's like if you have a kid who's, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old and is like maybe not only wanting to watch kid movies, but also is not really ready for something that's a little more intense. This movie is like fun and funny and there's gags with cats and like my kid lost her mind at the at the cat gag in this. Uh Oh, I did too. The cat gag. Yeah, I was is Oh wonderful. yeah, I was laughing also. I was la- my wife and I were laughing along with her. We were just having a great time. So I think that it's kind of goofy too that this this thing of all things is getting dinged for like being, you know, not hit, being a hit with the audience. I'm like this, you know, I'm certainly aware of how sophisticated comic books can be. I love comic books for adults. I read comic books as an adult, totally. Uh, love, you know, Daniel Klaus. I love uh, Adrian Tomini and, you know, and <laughs> those are like the two most obvious things ever, but like, whatever, I, I love them. I love, you know, reading comics that are aimed at adults. That said, like the number of comic book movies that are not particularly aimed at kids is like kind of crazy yeah and so i kind of appreciate that this is just like this is fine for a kid to watch and like is there something really offensive about that apparently there is (laughs) but it's like it's the miss marvel or whatever (laughs) the miss
1: marvel super fan of of captain marvel dynamic is really fun yeah it is fun she sells it uh it works yeah i get that i get why the movie works for kids and adults alike yeah it's, um, not,
0: it's certainly not one of their their strongest overall movies but I no, think it's, and it's, like the it's a emotional, bummer that this one is flopping
1: <laughs> yeah the emotional stuff with like Tiana Paris and her is like you know doesn't have enough time to really develop into the no, emotional it through play you know a place where it lands and works Yeah, um, I really like the re- reckoning with her gen- planets blowing up and stuff and realizing that Carol Danvers you know, created like Isis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her yeah. own version of a uh, personal Isis to uh-huh. come after her. <laughs> I enjoyed all that. I don't know. It's silly. Uh, it's funny that we haven't even mentioned the villain. It's perfect because she's oh, yeah, so because she, she's completely superfluous. Yeah. Not interesting. What's her name? I don't know. Lady? I don't know either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's she's not a lady. interesting. Purple lady. And, you know, I, I think that that's been a kind of Marvel thread for a long time. And this is just a particularly dire example of it. And, I think it's kind of neat you know the the whole thing in the nineties was always like uh, that you had these really over the top you know focus stealing Batman villains who are really crazy and kind of steal the movie from the more boring hero and the Marvel movies really have been cool about being like, why don't we like make the hero the interesting character, not the villain um yeah. The downside is you have these occasionally have these villains that are just like you know. Maybe have a little more empathy to them than, than they might have otherwise, but are otherwise just completely dull. And, like, it's always the same, like, oh, well, you can see their side of it, but they're responding in the wrong way. And it's just, it's not interesting at all. Um, and you, I wish they could find a way to, if when in those situations, find a way, another way into it. Like, some other thing for the superheroes to do besides fight someone who's, like, vaguely sympathetic but is going about it the wrong way or whatever it's very dumb and boilerplate but the, the core of the movie of the three characters interacting i think is is fun i think it's also like you know i definitely dislike the quippiness of a lot of these movies not on principle just like a lot of times they're bad you know like i don't, like the yeah. when they're funny it's fine um, you know, I, I fall collection IKEA is like seared into my brain forever because of this. The scene, the Eternals, trailer Eternals trailer, does. yeah, yeah. But this one does a nice job of like, there's some laugh lines, I suppose, but it's doesn't. It's a little more relaxed about the humor. I feel like it brings a little more humor out of the characters and their reactions. Yeah, more than like pause for like a punch-up wisecrack that was clearly inserted on every fourth page. It just feels a little more, like, chill about, like, oh, yeah, it's it's funny because Ms. Marvel, it, lo- like, loves and has maybe a, like vaguely sexualized like fandom relationship with with Captain Marvel and that's kind of funny and silly or like the gags with the cats it's like an actual weird sight gag rather than it being like fall collection Ikea all over the place so yeah that's an
1: inspired (laughs) fucking sight gag it's like wow okay I guess that's a good plan sure yeah (laughs) it's funny yeah Yeah, um yeah I enjoyed the movie in like a two and a half out of four three out of five sort of way um yeah and yeah, it's a bummer. I'm I'm too, you know, it's a bummer that this movie is the one that's getting the brunt of like Marvel fatigue because I think it's better than the last or, you know, better than the Quantumania. It's better than yeah. a lot of the ones that I think should have done worse or whatever, but Yeah. I'm generally happy that they're going to ha- like like superhero movies. I don't know if they're waning, but something's happening at the well, moment. Well, yeah,
0: there's and there's it's I think it's honestly is Great that it's there's only gonna be one of these next year because even if you love these movies, and I do like a lot of comic book superhero movies, I enjoy a lot of them. So there was um, already
1: only going to be one, that's not like no, a plan no, there were, go- changed there were or... going to
0: be three, I think, oh. and now there's gonna be one. It's just that's more owing to the strike, but I think that's a blessing in disguise, like. That's part of what you know. Part of my if feeling they can't
1: is like, get that one to perform, though, they're fucked. But like, yeah, what I'm is, sure what it, is I, the one? Is it like the
0: dead, a, it's a Deadpool? So it's gonna oh, be it's gonna be it's <laughs> gonna make a billion dollars. <laughs> yes, um, they have one massive guaranteed hit, and it is that one is. I mean, whatever you think of Deadpool, I know you're not a big fan. It is like a different in tone than uh, like than Antum I... or whatever.
1: I saw Deadpool while I was working at Mike.com and I like literally like I was supposed to be working on shift or something and uh-huh. I all I remember is my furious boss who was like a maniac who I quit under at some point um was just frantically texting me about some bullshit during that movie and <laughs> then I never like I just like I don't remember that movie at all all yeah. I remember is that and then I never saw the second one. Um, i mean
0: they're, they're very juvenile but and silly my but impression
1: like, is you know he eats chimichangas and it's yeah. funny he talks about chimichangas what could be funnier
0: um but yeah i think like even as someone who you know wants to enjoy these movies it's i think it's great to not have three or four out in a year like i think that's it's like hard to do it's hard to make three or four really good movies from essentially the same creative like you know, it's not the same writers and directors, but it's the same, you know, people in common with from movie to movie. It's hard to do three or four of those a year and have them all turn out really well. So I think, you know, just them having to slow down because of the strike will be actually a huge, uh, a huge help, I think.
1: Thanks, Zaslov. Yeah. After
0: all. Thanks for holding out and trying to fuck over everyone who works for you. <laughs> it, yeah. It works it out well out. for the,
1: the funny book movies, which is all that anyone cares about anyway. <laughs> That's right. All right, and we'll be back next week with... Uh, what's next week? Oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. We'll be back on with Tuesday. Eli Roths. Thanksgiving. Yes.
0: Thanksgiving.
1: Uh, and then the week after that, you, y'all know what it is. Turkey shoot. Or what do we call it? Turkey slaughter? Turkey, turkey massacre? Slaughter. Whatever it is. <laughs> turkey uh, s- turkey <laughs> chainsaw massacre. Yes, the, thank the you. Wow. 100% we're using <laughs> that. Uh, all, every time we... Mentioned the turkey shoot, I have to mention that we're stealing it from Sound Opinions uh podcast. Greg Cott, Jim Deragatis. Uh all right, end of the show. Bye. <laughs>
0: Lifestyle.